Hey everybody, so I just wanted to preface real quick before we get into the actual interview. Um, newfound interest in Connecticut was kind enough to sit down for a chat over Zoom. And uh, we talked about, you know, the experience of becoming sort of this like mythical emo band and, you know, emo in general, old and new, and, uh, you know, what they're doing now. And if they have any plans to make music as uh, NICT in the future. All that good stuff. Um, there was a little problem with the audio in some parts, so I had to re-record some bits and, you know, obviously I couldn't have Matt or Mark re-record because uh, the interview had already finished. Um, but yeah, so it's only a few seconds here and there, uh, but I promise the rest is clear and audible. Alrighty, so again, thanks for listening and enjoy the chat. You guys got a lot of snow today or? Oh, a bit. Yeah, it was almost a snow. I'm a teacher, so we almost got a snow day today. Nice. Do your students know that you were like in a really cool band that like blew uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be like the teacher who's always like, ah, check out my band. <laughs> but like, if it comes up naturally, and it does so sometimes, and they'll find it and they'll get excited for like five minutes and then they'll move on with something else. So uh, I don't know. Do you teach the age where they're like into that sort of music? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a high school teacher. Oh, cool. So, yeah, they're usually pretty excited when they heard that when I when I told them I used to scream in the band. Like, oh really? Nice. That, that sort of gets their attention. Matt just oh, sent me a message. He's logging on to his computer right now, so he should be cool, here soon. Cool. Awesome. Where are you Where are you calling from? I'm uh, Binghamton, New York. So. Oh okay. I've never been to. Is Bingham close to Rochester? Or is that like a? What part of New York are you? I'm a little south of there. I'm like okay. south. Yeah, Binghamton's like south of uh, Syracuse. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, you know better than I do how to describe I've, it. I've been through many times. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever stopped, but <laughs> kind of just something you drive past. But, On yeah. the way to New York City is. So. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I guess I'll start off by asking. Um, you know, do you guys really know like where exactly like the resurgence came with like people listening to your music? Like, you know, this is recorded in two thousand five. Um, you know, tell me about the long dark path home. Do you know like where exactly people started like discovering your stuff online or? Um, I think we have bits and pieces of it. Like, I don't, we don't know the full thing, but after it came out, we, um, we played our, our final few shows, you know, we had our small following, but it wasn't much more than that locally. And I, I, I remember seeding it a lot on torrents. That was my thing for a while, just being like, uh, and I have no idea if that's how people found it, but I, from what I've heard from people since is that it caught on with a few people uh, on the 4chan music message board, because apparently that's where there's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> an unfortunate association, but apparently that's like a popular spot for um, very vocal internet um, music uh fans so I, I think you had a couple of champions there and that kept it alive and then um on my end a guy named sebastian from south america emailed me this is probably eight years ago um he's just a couple of nice messages he saw one of my comments on i think we had one or two videos on youtube or something and he emailed me asking if i was in the band we emailed back and forth and he asked if he could he could put up the whole album and i'm like why not and he did a really good job with that. And and then that has steadily been going up. It's up to 80,000 now over the eight years. And then I think that led to Matt noticing um, 
an uptick in the CD sales. I don't know when that started, Matt. Um, yeah, I was just looking. Our Discogs, our first, our first uh, Discog sale was April 2014. Yeah, somebody from Germany bought it. I feel like, Mark, there was also like a... I forget what website it was like rate my music or something like that there was like a really positive review maybe the final piece of the puzzle is uh and this is maybe a little bit of uh i don't know where we found this out but i think we got name dropped in interview with the world of the beautiful place and i'm no longer afraid to die they they name dropped us at some point i should look through my discogs orders and see from because I think that band's from Connecticut. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask about specifically about the Connecticut thing. Well, that brings up a couple <laughs> questions, but uh, the name and I was going through um the playlist that you guys have on the Spotify for your influences and stuff. That's a really good playlist. Um, the, the song that's um newfound interest in Massachusetts. I'm assuming that's where you get the name from, right? Yeah. Uh, so Gary and I were in high school when when this started, and the Get Up Kids were pretty much. The reason we started the band, Gary saw them opening for MXPX, and then he he bought a copy of their uh, Four Minute Mile. He, um, our, one of our friends had a CD burner, so he burnt a copy for me, and then um, we both listened to that to death, and we wanted to start a band. And so when we we're trying to think of a name, it's was it's still really hard to think of a good band name. Um, but yeah, he had an internet girlfriend at the time who lived in Connecticut. Yeah, an ICQ girlfriend. So uh, yeah, we liked that song and and so we just switched it for Connecticut. When it comes to, you know, like your guys' influences and then like the bands that you've listened to and that you now get like grouped together a lot of the time, um, you know, with like, I I just saw like Earfeeder posted something that like grouped you in with like American football. uh, and Penfold and a couple other bands for a lot of people who are listening listening to you guys as like one of the emo staples like how does that feel uh, for, for this like well sounding cheesy uh it's kind of like a dream come true yeah just looking up to bands that uh that were kind of like just yeah looking up to obscure bands and bands that that people kind of like rediscovered I mean uh to be one of those bands that people are kind of like oh like kind of like just like missed missed in the time or or just like not um yeah just didn't have the like kind of like not in the right place at the right time at that time but then with like you know the the uh amazingness of the internet i mean ever since newfound we've been like constantly like all of these like world music compilations that's kind of the the stuff that we've been into for uh at least me and Moshe for for many years since but yeah I don't know kind of real real honor and glad that that people found that more people found music and you know that's the reason why we started making music in the first place is to like you know uh share share it with people and and make them make them feel the same things that we felt when we or when we listen to music you know so to uh to have that actually happen is uh is great yeah yeah it's it, everything matt said is is 100 true uh it's like you you mentioned penfold right like i just have like vivid memories of um learning how to do a bank order so i could 
uh, uh, mail a check to England to order uh, to order their uh, first EP and it arriving in the mail and opening it up in like and even just like me and Gary listening to crappy real player um, audio clips of their songs that we could find on the internet like those sorts of memories like I cherish those now right thinking back on on those those times and so to think that like we that we're able to make something that keep that cycles going that, that can keep that sort of same inspiration cycle happening with um kids at that age that we were at when when we discovered all that music is is just like like matt said it's like a dream come true right you're and another cool thing is too is people finding sort of hearing the influences in our our music and like and those were the influences that were shaping us um and like matt said like bands that didn't get their due are are sort of hidden in there so people like like um when they talk to us online they'll say stuff like that that's like post-rock with emo which is exactly it we loved mogwai we loved um godspeed along with all those emo bands and so it's nice to hear people getting that uh, where we're coming from but then like for us, like a lot of local bands were mixed in there too that never did get their due, like Rockets Red Glare um, was a big one for us from Toronto that really shaped who we were. And we can hear it in there, but since, you know, they're not at that, at that same recognition level, um, it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's a sort of thing that at least we're, we know that we were able to keep their influence alive, at least in, 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 in reflected through, through um, you know, our interpretation and our, personal way of playing it I don't know yeah and maybe maybe even they are like one level deeper like anybody who's like deep into us and they want to keep going there's like you know there's more past us there's more obscure past new fan interest I'm pretty sure uh, are you guys listening to anything you know recently specifically with this genre like the um internationally it's getting a lot of attention too like I know that they have like really good Midwest emo in Japan and, you know, a whole bunch of other places. So is there anything like international or just up and coming or new that you guys have been listening a lot to, or that you want to just like shout out? That's a tough one. I mean, cause we both, I mean, all of us, I think in the band don't listen to nearly as much of, of that genre as you used to. One band I can think of, I think they're from Philadelphia, the Avalov. They play, one of the records sounds exactly at least in my ears, in the same style as a, a band we used to play a few shows with me loved called North of America, um, in which was sort of, I wouldn't say emo, but emo adjacent at least in, I don't know, in, 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 I'd say Off Love is the same thing. Other than that, though, like a lot of the bands that, like when, when I go to that ear feeder, a lot, <laughs> I feel like I've, I really lost touch with that specific scene. Just because it was like for, I don't know, for me, it was very much of like, that time and place in my life, like all those big teenage feelings, you get all your tastes change. And it's not like I still don't listen. I listen to a lot of a lot of those old records I listen to, but at the same time, I'm not seeking out as, as, as much newer stuff in that genre as I used to either. Yeah, I mean, specifically Moshe and I have been in, you know, continued to be writing and, and performing music and for the 15 years since, and, and obviously our, um, our tastes have changed uh, looking through my music and it's like African disco music, like Nigerian disco music, uh, early, early American house music, uh, <laughs> you know, Don Cherry, uh, jazz, uh, 
listening to a lot of like Japan and like new wave music. It's like, but that's, that's like 15 years on. It's sometimes crazy to say, to think that, you know, um, not, not that I don't, I'm not able to kind of like connect with the music that we wrote when we were new fan interest. Cause it's, you know, I listen to it and it's still very, uh, very real, but it has that, you know, uh, ref reflection of, of a specific time in our lives. Whereas like, you know, you see a band like, uh, I don't know, I just recently saw like a uh, contemporaries in Ontario scene, like uh, Lexus on fire going on, on tour and like playing pretty much the same music that they played 15 years ago. It's like, how are they able to like uh, stay in that? If it's, if it's for like, uh, I mean, obviously it's working out for them monetarily, um, but maybe, <laughs> I don't know, I wouldn't, if it's like working out emotionally for them to still like feel like they're, they have that like angst of a transition period between like, you know, getting your agency as an adult or like, um, like, I mean, obviously there's always life-changing events and, uh, you know, emotionally growing through, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, interesting to see some, some people that do stay really tight within like parameters and then I don't know other people you know evolve and, and find different things and get you know on to new stuff just to build off what you're saying Matt I think that was even there when we were in the band too like I kind of hinted at that before that like as we grew as a band we started listening to wider and wider stuff and being influenced by more and more stuff like like uh, Mountaineer microphones and some of the post-rock stuff and um, some of the like the field recording stuff that I was getting into and like the, the classical, um, it was all starting to seep in um, that sort of added sort of the um, our own perspective on and our own take on on the genre. So we were already sort of branching out and, and you know, finding new roads and I think that's just continued over time. Yeah, I yeah, I could see what you mean. I mean, you know, angsty sort of what you refer to as the transition period where there's just a lot of emotions going on or whatever. Um, you know, that's like a common topic for this genre. But it seems like like people who are just in that phase, they just gravitate towards the music naturally. I don't know why, but you know I feel like um what's uh really, I don't know, meaningful for for me, like that was kind of there's a lot of purpose to the album in, in our lives like for one i wanted to document i i wanted like i wanted to make sure it was a document of who we were at the time on various levels at the same time too though like with the title of the album like it's a purposefully a declarative statement uh, like asking for that input asking for that engagement inviting a listener in right tell me about the dark, long dark path home and it's it, like I wanted people to be able to like the specific is relatable by making it so specific about our lives. I want to be able to find uh, people to find their own connection into it. And clearly they, they have. Right. And it's a lot of people who are processing, going through things, feeling uh, overwhelmed and those sorts of things that that, yeah, definitely we, you know, everybody goes through. I I don't have much to say, but I but I think in in some ways I I think that can also be attributed to the fact that the songs aren't really I feel like a lot of like our contemporaries at the time a lot of the songs were kind of about 
specifically about like romantic relationships and about kind of like this like we um like this disembodied like uh manic pixie dream girl who like hurt you you know that has this like he's like it's like all this a lot lots of like spite and uh and just like a a, a weird misogynistic one-sided argument and i feel that one one aspect maybe that that does invite people to to take in different perspectives is it's not specific it's not about romantic love and like uh and stuff like that it's it i mean it's more specifically about other things but also just i guess a little bit more vague um that people can kind of like relate to it in their own their own life i think that comes up in part because like most of the songs would have some lyrics written by you some by me and then some of us together and because of that i think like we each have our own thing we're writing about and we're both trying to write on the same topic but because of that we have enough of our own specificity but since we are two different people it sort of creates a sort of a bit more openness in that it doesn't you know things don't line up perfectly and that leaves some space for 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 that interpretation because like yeah yeah I, I i agree with exactly what you're saying that like there's songs about family on there there's songs about um oh what are some of the other ones about <laughs> the, the whole story the whole story arc friendship too and yeah i'm as, as, as a as a band together and and how our lives changed and bond and, and kind of like you know coming together and going apart that that's like uh yeah a lot about that relationship of of being a band or or as as friends um i wanted to ask about the the pictures also um because i don't know if uh, if you guys are like aware of like the I guess now the way that like the that 2000s period is like nostalgized for like alt people um but it's just interesting to see you know people in like uh just hoodies from old navy and just kicking it around you know people's basements uh, just to look at it now and be like wow they look so cool when older people look at like the you know the 70s or the 80s and they're like wow they look so cool like i feel like that's what you guys are now uh, so i just wanted to ask if you had any thoughts about that I think that's when we first started realizing that like there might be something going on is when somebody sent us a picture of the trees tattooed on their arm that like oh this might just be more than a couple of random people who are buying the album still it might be connecting with people not just musically but like aesthetically too you know uh, both Matt King and Matt Doherty uh, went to school for art and design and a lot of those elements definitely made it way made their way into the into our artwork and I think that's just sort of like the same way the American Football House, you know, is just memefied to death because it's a, it's a it's a really interesting design that tied with really strong music sort of um, creates sort of a whole uh, thing you can have a strong connection with. And I feel like I don't know. I feel like the design that that Matt did for the for the record is a really big part of why why it kept on. From my perspective, we do not look cool. <laughs> <laughs> and old navy was not cool um and uh you know i don't know but all, but also we have we have like a similar maybe a similar nostalgia for like i don't know um like mid 80s fashion or something in that it's like and i think maybe it, it comes from a little bit of like 
people being like uh, kind of like around like for like early 2000s nostalgia the people that are into it are people who were maybe alive at that time but didn't have the like agency to like take part in the like uh in in the fashion or deciding like what they were wearing so it's like feeling like you like it's like just missed out on something and kind of like uh gives you this like perspective of like oh it was like almost there it was like could have been so cool but like I don't know because yeah that's that's it's the same feeling that I like oh man people they look so cool in like the mid 80s at like concerts with their like trench coats and Doc Martens and shit um but at the time like we were just like a bunch of like uh yeah like cheap suburban rats like not cool <laughs> like yeah it's weird to see like early 2000s fashion that of like like the popular early 2000s fashion that was like really uncool that we were like we were already like not taking part in the like mainstream fashion it's like i don't even know like I don't know, but like I can still remember like the show where I met my wife that we played. I was wearing sweatpants because we had been Gary and I been, and Matt were playing uh, Matt Doherty were playing road hockey, and we just kept playing right up until the moment we had to leave for the show. We didn't have time to change, so we we're like playing in sweaty, sweaty sweatpants. So not exactly high fashion. I don't know, and I think just like I think a lot of it too, the nostalgia probably just comes from like. Uh, mediums changing in that like you know we're the tail end of uh of yeah of film and especially with a bunch of photographers in the band we we're able to get some interesting film pictures but at the same time like our snowball pictures we're able to do that because we were using one some of our first digital cameras where we can just take a bunch of pictures of us getting hit by snowballs and and flipping through and, and sort of taking advantage of that start of that new medium so it's this interesting time of technological shift that's in itself kind of interesting and so to have lived through that and be able to document that divide i think plays into some of that what makes it at least look cooler than it actually was i think I hate to dispel the uh, the mythos of those basement shows uh yeah i think you're definitely right um you know technology and nostalgia sort of play a large part in the way people receive some of these you know obscure or resurfacing bands um listening mediums to, you know, with people's interest and in having physical records uh, still there. And so in your guys' case, I wanted to ask how you eventually came to the decision to get the album pressed. We've, I think we, we've been asked uh, like multiple times uh, just from like various labels to do it. We're kind of like, mm, didn't like, didn't have the right, didn't feel right at the time. Um, and then we're like, it was getting to be like, like we started kind of like selling those original copies online and, and kind of like, like, yeah, people starting to listen, like getting our, our album on YouTube was kind of like hitting some sort of algorithm. Uh, so we're like, oh, well, maybe we, maybe there is like an audience for it. And we kind of, around that time, I got a message from, from Luigi in, in, uh, in Spain about putting out the record and we're like, his bands are really cool. And then he kind of like, yeah, he talked about maybe doing like a split release with some other labels. We talked to this label in Japan and a label in, in the UK uh, who ended up being, yeah, left-hand label. Um, and they're kind of like down. And then we, we decided to, to reach out to, um, to Eric who runs We Are Busy Bodies because he was, he put out the CD way back in the, in the day. So we kind of like wanted to see what he, and he kind of recently res been, uh, resurrected his label in the last few, few years. So we're like, 
kind of want to do it and uh got the three labels together and sold out of the first pressing and then like oh okay maybe we can write make uh make a few more and uh so we yeah so we're at we got our press second pressing i think that weirdly the pandemic played into it too in that like all of a sudden we were had to communicate a bit more and, and have get-togethers so we started at, so having early pandemic we, we started like oh maybe we should reach out to some labels and you actually did kind of cold call a few bigger yeah labels, but to no avail <laughs> but, 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 but just like us having like regular Skype get-togethers and we play some categories and talk about uh, reissue ideas and start talking about you know if we were to go with who would we go with and talking about Eric and then that it felt like it made sense to go back to you know where we started and but then just that idea of us collaborating again which is really nice for me because like everybody in the band is still some of my best friends and as you grow older you get more distant in your own own place with your own lives and so having a reason to come back together was was really nice and sort of I think most of it we all felt that way too so that that sort of gave us uh, some some drive to to really push to get it done because there were some you know always some obstacles to figure out and I know it was, it was definitely tough for the tough time to get a vinyl pressed but it was it, it like it was such a positive experience and you know the the guys in the band used to tease me because I'd always be like joking about let's get back together let's uh have you seen how many people watch the YouTube but I, I was bringing it up when we whenever we'd hang out and they're like well yeah half the clicks are you checking you know for me this is definitely <laughs> definitely my plan finally paying off um you know what are you guys up to now like i know uh matt you said you're still doing music mark you said you're a school teacher um so just you know what, what are you guys up to now any plans to uh reunite ever or well yeah mark is mark's teaching school um gary became uh he's a a doctor he went to like medical school in hungary um doherty lives in the uk he's been working he's working as like a graphic designer like a product design person uh moshe who's the drummer is uh he just got his master's in uh music therapy so he's like a music therapist um and i you know i do a, a number of joe jobs i work with like a diy collective in toronto to produce uh concerts and stuff like that i work in film and stuff um but moshe and i have been it basically ever since newfound interest we we were in a band called uh the viking club together and then we were in a band called day month year together for and that was for you know that was until 2011 and then ever since it's been about 10 years uh we've been in a band called absolutely free um uh, it's kind of like a little bit more experimental synthier um a little less angular like uh day month year ended up being the kind of like the most maybe obtuse newfound was kind of like heading that direction um as far as as any sort of like plans for reuniting i don't know i i watched the the american football performance playing at like a pitchfork festival and i was like whoa woof like new new tunes i was a little bit uh that was a little bit hard to stomach tbh uh but at the same time i'm like and you know if it was like if there was actually desire for us to, to play a show um i would i'd be so down um there are some other members in the band who are a little bit more hesitant a little bit more forward thinking but i'm like okay what if what if we got offered to play a show in in japan 
is like Japan's like our like holy grail of going on tour and playing a show somewhere. Would you play a show in Japan? Speak it into existence. Yeah, maybe I do that. I'm like, what if Los Angeles? Like, what if we have like a New York City? It's not like we're just like getting the band back together to play at like somebody's son's bar mitzvah or at like a wedding or something. It's like, what if we have like a a good show somewhere and they're and there's like and they're like yeah yeah maybe yeah that makes that I mean that's a little bit more convincing it's just like uh getting past that like getting the old band together thing uh has a has a stigma that we want to stay as far away from especially because we're still making music um but at the same time if there's actually a desire for us to be playing somewhere then uh I don't know personally I would I would love to uh playing with the these guys was or was always great and uh yeah i should add to the gary put out a um a record recently with the band he recorded with while he was in hungary um we just posted about that recently so he's he's still active musically and i think to the, uh, to add to the, the reunion question it's just like as always is a challenge with the band, especially with like the number of members we have. It's everybody's at a different place in their lives, going through different things, and so they'll have different view on it. And I think it's it'll just be a matter of of those sorts of things lining up right. Because like you know, I've always have been the sort of person who who's cherished this and like gone back and promoted it but i know not everybody in the band is is has that same sort of relationship with the album and that's fine like everybody has it's you know everybody's has their own experience and so i i don't know it, it would need to be a situation where everybody is in a place where 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 that doesn't feel like they're going back to somewhere they don't want to go where they can where they're where it's actually something that um is is something that's going to be good for them in their lives where they're at right now. So I don't know if, if that happens is there's always, a, there's always a chance. I always keep my fingers crossed for it, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, hopefully one day we'll see, you never know. I mean, the, the thing, the thing that gives me hope for that is that like, we're all still really good friends and when we're all in the same place, we'll make an effort to see each other and it's always a good time. And even last time we were hanging out for the first time, people started playing stuff on guitars, <laughs> which was really, really fun just to have be in that space again, sharing that energy. So uh, as, long as, as long as we don't turn into jerks and start, which I don't think we will at this point, I think, I, I don't know. That's that's that was the magic of the band back then, and it's that magic is still there because we still have that that great connection with each other. I don't know. For me, that's that's always been the most important thing. Yeah, and all those all those discog sales are are going to uh, to pay for the the food and whiskey when we all get together once or twice a year to have a party. I've got like a, the I, I'm the holder of the coffers, the newfound coffers, and it just goes it goes to us like uh, yeah celebrating the the band and, and one another and the time that we we spent and continue to uh paddle around one another on the other end though should we tease the merch drop us cashing in on this <laughs> on these on these special memories we share yeah yeah i've got i've got some we've got some sh uh shirts that we ordered and uh just received some we got some like custom hats made uh yeah because we're like maybe somebody would enjoy that and why not? And you know, I, we feel responsible as fashion icons to 
to you know keep keep a, our aesthetic uh, evolving. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alrighty, so it looks like we're uh, we're all done. So uh, again, I just want to say thank you to you guys for you know talking with me. Um, you know, and enjoy the rest of your Friday night. Uh, stay safe. I know there's you know still COVID going around everywhere and. It's really snowy outside. I don't know. Are you guys more used to the snow up there? I freaking hate snow. I like snow, but it's like just a nightmare over here all the time. It's, it's, we're pretty much in the same, same situation. Like Toronto's not as like crazy as like Buffalo where it gets like super crazy amounts of snow. So I'm assuming that Binghamton's just kind of below that snow belt and we're just above it. Yeah. Um, it's been an icy winter, but yeah. Thank you so much for, uh, for meeting with us and uh, spending your Friday night as well. Yeah. Thanks so much. Problem. And uh, good luck on your your future endeavors. And uh, yeah, I look forward to the uh, the next Instagram update and the merch. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers! Right, it was really nice meeting you. Yeah. Me too. See you, Matt. Bye.